The following podcast is a Clutch Media production. Welcome to They Get It. My name's Kelsey, and my co-host Emma and I love direct-to-consumer brands. Whether it's an amazing customer experience or a really killer social strategy, this podcast will feature the brands and founders who just get it. Welcome back to They Get It. Thanks for joining us for another episode. This one was a lot of fun. It was just Emma and I talking about all those times that we felt less productive, we felt like we've been in a rut, and we just wanna help everyone else that feels the same way. Totally, I mean, COVID has brought us all down to our knees at times, and this episode, we really get into what's been working for us and how we're building routines that overall make us more productive. Let's get into it. Let's do it. <laughs> 2020 has been a little crazy for, for productivity. Well, I mean, crazy for life in general, crazy really. Crazy for life in general, and it's been super hard, but also it's presented so many opportunities to really optimize how you're setting up your day. I know for me, like the fact that I'm not commuting anymore, the fact that my social life has kind of died down, Yeah, parts of it have been kind of disheartening, but at the same time, it gives this awesome opportunity to start to shape really good routines that make you more productive. 100%. And like, I'm even thinking back, like you can't wing it anymore, right? You can't just say like, oh, this is temporary. Honestly, who knows how long this is going to last? Like I expect even with the announcement of a vaccine, we're probably going to be at least several more months of like some sort of altered normal. And I just think we're at the point where we have to start making the most of it right? Absolutely. You can't just let things happen anymore and wake up whenever you want to wake up, work whenever you want to work. I just feel like that's the biggest, you know, missed opportunity of 2020. Totally. Because we have this opportunity to slow down and become intentional. And yes, there's also an opportunity to just like hate your life (laughs) and be super bummed out because there's so many things people are missing out on. And like, I really feel for people who you know, their weddings have been postponed Yeah, have had babies and they don't get to meet. Like, it's so sad, but there's also this awesome, awesome opportunity in front of us. I love it. And like as much as social media can be um, really hard and, and kind of a negative influence, I feel like it's helping me look at people who are really maximizing their time. And like I'm seeing people out there killing it, launching brands, diversifying, pivoting so quickly into um, you know, adapting just to the, this like natural ecosystem that we're in right now. And I feel like those are the people who didn't take time to feel sorry for themselves. Or if they did, they noticed that that had a fixed end date and now they're kind of kicking it in gear. And so I'm thinking of people that I'm working with, the ones that are the most productive and seem the most like unfazed are the ones who are strict with their routines. They've found hobbies and things like that to keep them busy and stimulated. I don't know. I just think there's a, for every bad example of people wasting time, there's a ton of examples of people really making the most of it. Mm-hmm. And it all comes back to consistency, right? Like if you're doing things day in and day out that improve you even half a percent yeah. every day, yeah, that compounds over time um, and it leads to really good outcomes. So yeah, I mean, I think the Skinny Confidential is a great example of oh, this. Like, we love her. We love her and Michael too. <laughs> yeah. But they have so many good productivity hacks, like her solo episodes where she just rips yeah. through things. I've picked up a lot of things and then I've also tweaked it to make it work for me. Um, and I know Kelsey, you have too. So 
in this episode, we really want to dive into some of those things and help you get an understanding of how you can really be making the most of your day and um, with some simple hacks. 100%. And you know what? We love Lauren Everts because she's so specific. She like makes a joke of it on her The Skinny Confidential podcast. And she says like, okay, I'm going to go hyper specific. And we just think that that's so actionable and makes things so relatable. So we're going to try and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we start with the routines that we've picked up? Now this, like full disclosure, this is something Emma and I have been working on for many years. This is not a 2020 only thing. And so we got a bit of a head start, but Emma, let's go through like your morning routine is just like so good. So let's get hyper specific. Let's go from the minute you open your eyes. How does your day begin? Okay. So the minute I open my eyes, I wake up to my alarm and this, I would love feedback from any listeners on what you do because I am one of those people that grabs my phone right away, unfortunately. But I do a quick check of email, of social, whatever. And then I listen to an audiobook for about 20 minutes. I'll do like a Sudoku on my phone. I'll just kind of lay there, slowly wake up. This audiobook is usually like a self improvement book, something to just start off my day on the right foot. The one I most recently read was Atomic Habits, which I know, or listened to, I guess, which I know we'll be referencing in this episode. Um, And so then after that, after I've kind of woken up, I uh, will meditate. Right now I'm using an app called Non, N-O-N, and I love it because it's just really relaxing sound. So I put in my AirPods, I put on the noise canceling. So even if Kelsey's making her coffee in the kitchen, (laughs) I don't hear it. I'm so smart. In my my element. Yeah, I'll meditate for about 15 minutes. While I'm meditating, I'm really focusing on getting grounded in the present, but also kind of setting the tone for how I want my day to be. So I'm repeating affirmations to myself. Um, I'm really just trying to get myself in a good headspace. After that, I get out of bed, I make my bed. This one is a new addition, and honestly, it's a game changer. I feel like I have my life so much more together now. And it is that thing, I mean, you hear it all the time, but when your bed is made it's one thing you're doing in the morning that starts this momentum you know what's so funny about that when i was um 22 years old i moved to waterloo started at shopify didn't know anyone i was living with this 26 year old roommate which felt like such a massive difference at the time every morning she made her bed and i remember having a distinct conversation about it saying like how do you do that i have no desire when i first wake up to make my bed. That's just not something that even crosses my mind. And she says, wait till you're 26 and see if your mind changes. And lo and behold, 26 years old, Emma is making her bed every single there morning. You go. Yeah. And I, honestly, like, I love it, which I'm not a super organized person. I don't know about that. In like my living situation, okay. like in my work okay. and everything, I am pretty organized, but I can let things get pretty um, messy and (laughs) I don't know, this has been a huge game changer. So I'll make my bed, um, then I'll do my skincare routine. So I cleanse, tone, I use an exfoliating serum from The Ordinary called Buffet and then I put on some hyaluronic acid to get um, all that hydration going. Sometimes I use my like freezing face mask, which maybe scares Kelsey. Yeah, she definitely does. (laughs) (laughs) And actually we can link one of those. They're a really nice way to like wake yourself up, depuff your face. Um, And then from there I get my happy light going. So we're rolling into winter. Happy lights are huge for um, keeping your circadian rhythm in check, even when you're not getting a lot of sunlight, which helps you sleep better. It helps you have more energy during the day. It also helps with seasonal effectiveness disorder. Can't recommend a happy light enough. Um, So I'll sit with that for about 20 minutes and I'll write out my day. 
So I'll write out an affirmation for the day, write out what I'm grateful for, how I want to feel, three people I'm sending love to, and then my top six priorities for the day. And ideally these top six are in order of what's most important to what's least, and then they get done in that order. But to be honest, that doesn't always happen for me. Hmm. Um, but at least I'm, I'm writing it out and I do find, even when I'm writing out, like go for a walk, go do a workout, I'm right. so much more likely to do them because it's so satisfying to check that off my to-do list. Yeah. And I hate finishing my day if I only checked off two things. Right. And, and it's a good way to see like, how um like that you did do things today because I don't know about you but sometimes I end my day I'm like I was busy but what did I actually do right um so I find that's a good way to yeah and oh my gosh I forgot my coffee (laughs) the most important part (laughs) so yes coffee every morning um I use Nespresso and then I add in a little bit of oat milk some hot water some inulin which is just a good shot of fiber in the morning some collagen powder really good for your skin. I'm losing collagen in my skin now that I'm over 25. So we are really trying to optimize that. Um, I have some mushroom powder from the gut lab, which has lion's mane and reishi, which are good for focus, um, energy, etc. And then what else do I put in my coffee? I put one more thing. Oh, I put pumpkin spice mm. and that's it. Then I get into my work day. That's it. As if that's a short <laughs> list. <laughs> Well, you guys are going to love my morning routine. It's not quite the same. Um, But I think this is actually just a testament to the fact that different things work for different people. So like I wake up early. Um, That wasn't always like my um, natural instinct, but I've started to get up really early, at least by my standards. And so the first thing I do is come out, I make a pot of coffee, I go wash my face, I brush my teeth, I do, you know, like that normal, the quick routine. I use one um, face cleanser from Vichy, that's it. (laughs) And then I come out, I drink my black drip coffee. (laughs) And I might be the only, you know, 26 year old out there that still drinks drip coffee, but that's okay. That's just my morning routine. And I sit at my table. We have like one little kitchen table, dining room table, whatever you want to call it. And I write out my gratitude. And so the the reason I want to call this out and why I think it's a bit different than a lot of um, gratitude exercises is because I don't let myself be grateful for recurring themes. And it's not that I'm not grateful for my family or not grateful for my friends, but I need like a gut reaction first thing in the morning when I'm like thinking about my day or my week or what's happening, what am I so overwhelmingly grateful for? And so sometimes it's as simple as the coffee that I'm drinking, right? Like it doesn't have to be super ornate. Sometimes it's what we're doing with this podcast. Sometimes it's, you know, one specific project that's happening at work. And the idea here is like not really even the exercise of writing down what I'm grateful for. It's something that just centers me right? And it calms my mind. I'm usually pretty high energy, especially if I've had a full cup of coffee right before. So I just need Uh, something. (laughs) There's actually, we used to make a joke. Um, I used to go around like croaking for gum after I had too much coffee because I just needed to expel energy. It's amazing. Just pacing around the office. I'm really sensitive to caffeine. I don't know what it is. Um, But anyways, this is like the perfect way when I know I'm going to be embarking on a busy day, just to take a few minutes for myself, level set, calm my mind, and then, yeah, get ready. And so then I'm literally dressed in a matter of five minutes, and I'm usually online five minutes later. So it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty simple morning routine, but I found that that just works for me. Totally. 
and why overcomplicate it yeah yeah exactly and yeah I think that is just such a good example of like do what works for you right if some like 20 step morning routine is just overwhelming and not appealing don't do it like what's the point it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be something that helps you so it has to be personalized exactly Okay, so now as, you know, a listener, you're like, okay, great. I know what Emma does. I know what Kelsey does. I think a variation of both of those will work for me. How do you actually start to establish what your routine should look like? It doesn't just have to be in the morning, but that's um, typically like an easy place to start. So we're going to go through some tips and tricks on how to develop your own routine and to make yourself more productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the first one, like you're kind of alluding to, is trial and error. So you hear different people trying different things, try it out for yourself, see what you like about it, see what you don't, see what you gravitate towards, see what you maybe want to add in, what you want to change the order of, really just play around with it. I mean, that's how I developed mine after listening to the Skinny Confidential and just starting to infuse little bits of what she was talking about. Right. Um, And then I kind of got to this point where it's something that works for me and it's really easy to do every morning. Yeah. And I actually, I've got like a a story of a failed attempt. Um, And so... A lot of the podcasts that I listen to or like, you know, the social media that I follow is very like hustle culture focused. Every single one of those people is up at four o'clock in the morning, hitting the gym early. You know, they're they're on their third cup of coffee by 8 a.m. <laughs> I mean, besides from the coffee really not working for me, um, the working out in the morning is just not it. I'd wake up and I feel like because I'm already high energy working out in the morning was just like overstimulating me. And then by three o'clock, I'm in complete burnout mode. And so I just found that not only was I unhappy waking up to a workout, it just actually wasn't serving my energy throughout the day. And so that was a quick one. Okay, I've tried it for a week. I know that it doesn't suit me. It's not a matter of just being uncomfortable. It's actually not good for my routine. And so now I found out that I'm much more productive working out late into the evening. um, And that's just a simple change I've made. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. And it's also about like not beating yourself up for that, right? Like I'm sure I know for me, if I was trying out that morning routine and it wasn't working for me, I'd mm-hmm. be like, oh my gosh, like I don't have what it takes. Right. Like, these people have something that I don't have. And it's really just not the case. Totally. It's just a it's just a personal thing. Yeah. And I think that's what we've learned. And if you're really hungry for ideas to try out, people love talking about themselves. So just start asking, whether it's people at work, people in your friend group, even listening to like podcasts and and social media um, influencers at the same time, just start to, to ask questions, pick up on what's working for other people. And like Emma said, just give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe even people you look up to. I mean, I will talk about my morning routine to anyone who will listen, including all of you. Thank you. I love it. Well, and I think this actually comes back to um, this idea of being consistent and building habits. So we are major James Clear fans. Mm -hmm. Both of us have read or listened to Atomic Habits in the past couple of months. And what I love about Atomic Habits, and I think what we're striving to be, is just so action-oriented. So yes, there were a lot of great stories. Yes, there are a lot of great examples to support his points. But you can actually sit there and write out a list of to-dos to make habits more attainable. And so the ones that really resonated for me, there were two of them. Um, One is habit stacking. Right. So if I already have my coffee every day and that's easy for me, what can I do right after my coffee so that I don't even have to think about it? Right. So for me, it was a gratitude exercise. It wasn't like a big thing that I wanted to focus on at the beginning. But if I knew as soon as I sit down with my coffee, gratitude exercise is next, it suddenly becomes so much more attainable. 
Mm -hmm. I love it. And one of the things I took away was making things easy or hard. So right. making the things that you want to do easy and more accessible and making the hard things less accessible. The one for me that has been a total game changer and it's so simple is if I'm trying to get work done, I go put my phone in my bedroom mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I am so much more productive. It's insane. And it's so simple. So I think it is just if there's something that you know is getting in the way, make it so you can't grab it. Because I think the issue is... I grab my phone and I'm on it subconsciously. All of a sudden I'm on Instagram. I'm like, how the fuck did I get here? I mean, Instagram's bad. TikTok is worse. Oh TikTok is like, I'm going on for three videos and then suddenly two hours goes by and you're like, what just happened? No, actually the algorithm is magic. Yeah. Like I could talk for hours about the algorithm. That's another episode. <laughs> but yeah, I think it is just making it, making it hard. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And like, um, once you've got that down, I find that I can kind of let myself down and it's not that big of a deal. But if I tell Emma I'm going to do something, all of a sudden, it, like the stakes just got so much higher. Mm -hmm. And so I think the next kind of tip, if I could, would be just this whole idea of accountability partners, mm -hmm. right? And so like, we're so lucky that building this, this podcast and this little business that we're starting, um, you know, Emma and I are doing it together. And so we can hold each other accountable, but there's a million other things that I'm doing solo. And I feel like I just need to let other people know to, to stay on track. Yeah. Yeah. I think like for us, we have every Monday, we work on this podcast and we each have things we take away to do. We'll talk about that a little more in a minute. Um, but it's such a game changer. Yeah. Like if I know that I owe Kelsey something, it means so much more to me than if I owe something to myself. And so, yeah, if you don't have a partner you're doing something with, just talk to a friend, a family member, tell them what you want to do um, and get them to check in with you on it. And if you want to take it a step further, if that's not working, add in some negative reinforcement. So say, you know, if I don't meditate every day this week, I'm buying you a coffee. Right. Something like that where the stakes are a little bit higher um, is actually really helpful in giving a push. Yeah. Well, and like, let's take the positive version of that too. If I get five days of meditation in or seven days of meditation in, I get to go buy a, an article of clothing or I get to go for a nice dinner or whatever it is. I think that um, by nature, humans are drawn to reinforcement, both positive and negative. And so you just need to find what's more motivating for you and set that up. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's actually dive in. Again, we love to be hyper-specific. Um, when Emma and I are working together, we meet every Monday night at a minimum. Sometimes it's more than that. But let's go through this whole idea of sprints and demos. Maybe you can explain mm -hmm. how we structure our to-do list. Yeah, absolutely. So we have very big dreams for this podcast and what we want it to turn into. And a lot of our conversations just go like to the 10,000 foot view of in 10 years, what is this going to look like? What are we going to be doing? And that's great. But then it's like, okay, so how do we start that? Right. Right. Like what, how do we eat this elephant? And so what we've started doing is every week we sit down and we just focus on what we need to do that week. So when we were first starting, it was getting a website, getting yeah. a social media handle set up, figure out how to record a podcast. Um, and we break up the tasks and we come back together next week. Yeah. Each present to each other what we've done um, and then pick the next things for the next week. Yeah. And it's nice because there were a lot of things like I was focused more on the branding piece and I couldn't create those in a vacuum. So I did my best and then I brought it to Kelsey and we worked on it together. Yeah. Um, and I always find it easier to build when you have something to work off of. Yeah. So I think that 
makes our meetings a lot more productive when we're each coming with something to review together. Yeah, I mean, that's like sub tip number one is you have to come and be prepared and to be present, right? So not only did you do the things that you promised to do the week prior, but you have to have you know, one hour for us in our case, one straight hour, no phones, no distractions, you're present and that's your time to work together. I'm actually a really big fan of being intentional with your time. I don't want it spread over 20 minutes every day where we hardly get anything done. I would way rather once a week go so hard and be so focused and actually see the progress that you're making. Mm -hmm. And it's nice because then throughout the week, we both know we have things to do, but we can do it whenever we want. Right. Um, Whenever it makes sense for us. So yeah. Yeah. It's actually funny though. Um, So I just mentioned that I love being so focused for an hour. Sometimes... I am a little bit overambitious with what I think we can do in a given week. And actually, that's where having polar opposite um, founders, if you will, is really important. So I come in with a million ideas. I'm so ambitious. Oh, yeah, I can dedicate 10 hours to this this week, for example. And Emma, really politely and really kindly, brings me back down to earth, right? So, okay, maybe we don't need to do all of that this week. Maybe we could do this part of it. And I think that's just the perfect balance to make sure we're still being productive with without like completely overwhelming ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's also like, yes, we set these expectations for each other, but we also understand we both have full-time jobs, we both have lives, and we try to, you know give each other some slack, especially if we're going to force something and we're not in the right, right. space. Yeah. Um, building something, especially like podcasting, you need to be in the zone to be able to talk and be interesting and have people want to listen to what you're saying. Yeah. So, um, yeah. You, even like this week, like Emma suffers from really bad headaches and we were supposed to record on a certain day and her head just was not feeling up to it. And it's like, would I really want her to suffer through recording if, she can't even like think straight, right? So we need to make sure that we're building in buffers to make sure most most or everyone is comfortable with what we're doing. Um, and I think a large part of that comes from the fact that we knew going into this, we'd need to build in some padding, right? Because you can mm-hmm. never predict the future, whether it's headaches, whether it's us being out of town, there's always a number of things that could pop up. And I think the best thing you can do is go into a project knowing that those are inevitable and making sure it doesn't totally rock your world when they do come up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a good segue into the idea of what happens when you get into a rut. So not only with like sprints, but also just in life. Totally. And I think this year has been a really great example of that. Yeah. I've been in several ruts this year. Um, and obviously it can be a huge hit to productivity, but I think the biggest thing is just expecting that they're going to happen. Yeah. hundred percent. Actually, yourself some slack. Emma and I met, um, and if you've listened to other episodes, you probably know um, this already, but we met at Shopify in a sales role. Right. And when we were onboarding, part of the onboarding training is around this idea of the Valley of despair. And so what happens is you come into sales, you know nothing, you learn as much as you can, and then you get lucky and you get a couple of wins or closed deals. And then the next part is what they call the valley of despair. Because that was kind of beginner's luck, you go into a lull or this valley right after and you start to question, did I actually deserve those other deals? Am I actually smart? Do I know anything? And then you get your momentum back, you start closing a few more deals, you start feeling much better. But the fact that we knew the Valley of Despair was coming made it so much easier to stomach when we were in it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think it's just 
understanding that every human being falls into ruts sometimes and there's it's how you're talking to yourself when you're in that rut are you saying oh my god of course I can't do this of course I don't have motivation I suck I'm never gonna you know make it whatever or are you saying okay this is it is what it is this happens I'm just gonna allow this to happen knowing it will pass Um, and it's really about you know building that momentum back up and doing it in small bits so even if it's you know you're having a rough little while and it's just doing one thing that can be a really big game changer yeah I want to build that building that momentum back up bingo I that is exactly where I was going to take it next is momentum is a thing right and so if you're noticing that everything you're putting your effort towards is feeling like a ton of work nothing's clicking take yourself out of it right and we used to say the same thing if um, deals weren't closing in a sales kind of capacity if deals weren't closing switch to outbound right totally take yourself out of that activity start dedicating your energy energy to something else and then slowly build that momentum back up and then revisit whatever it was that was giving you a hard time the first time around Mm -hmm. absolutely so should we talk a little bit about how we each get out of ruts and a little more specificity. <laughs> you know how we feel about specificity. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And I think you've got a really good like model that you follow. So why don't you start there? Mm-hmm. So I'll either go one of two ways when I fall into a rut. I'll either force it or I'll allow it. So forcing it for me um, is just finding one thing that I know is going to change the trajectory of how I'm feeling and forcing myself to do that, knowing that the rest will come easier afterwards. So a lot of the time, it's something as simple as doing a 20-minute workout. I love Melissa with health workouts, by the way, if you're looking. Um, or, <laughs> Small or, plug. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to have her on the podcast too, Melissa, if you're listening. Um, or it's going for a walk, getting some fresh air, moving. Um, maybe it's calling a friend. It's that one thing that pulls you out of your own head. And then from there, all of a sudden, the rest of the day seems a lot more doable. Right. Um, so I'll do that. Or I will just allow it. If I'm having an off day um, and I just want to lay in bed and watch the Kardashians, then I'll do that for the night. Is that so wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Having a little Kardashian moment. Is that so wrong? Exactly. Um, I tell myself I'm going to do whatever needs to be done tomorrow. It's not the end of the world. And I'm really working on my self-talk when I do these things because I'm a perfectionist. Usually if I'm not if I'm in a rut and I'm allowing it, my talk would be, oh my gosh, you're so lazy. Why couldn't you just get those things done, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, I'm trying to move it to, no, I'm a human. I need a break. This is good. I'm letting myself recharge. And that actually makes it rest. Because if you're laying in bed watching the Kardashians but beating yourself up for it, you're not resting. Right. So it's really important to focus on how you're talking to yourself in those moments. Um, And just, yeah, being kind to yourself. Totally. And so that works for you, right? Deciding if you want to go ahead and force it or if you need to allow it. For me, I don't know if I heard this somewhere. If I did, it was years and years and years ago. But this whole idea of finding your sphere of excellence, right? So what do I know with almost absolute certainty? What activity can I switch to that I'm better than most people so I can start to build that confidence again? And for me... I call it mojo. I feel like that's a more fun word than than confidence. Okay, Austin Powers. <laughs> that's my inspiration. Maybe that's where I heard it so many years ago. Um, but yeah, so I just I just move into something that I know I'm really good at. 
right? And so um, for me, honestly, at work, that's like the best example is if I'm really struggling with something. So I had some numbers that weren't reporting properly. I'm, you know, I don't think I'm a, a dashboard wizard. I'm not an analytics wizard, but I'm really good on the phone with my partners. And so what I'll do is just book that next day full of partner meetings. And I'm on the phone with people. I feel like we've got good energy. We're making things happen. And then I revisit all of my dashboards and suddenly things become a lot easier, or at least I don't know if they actually become easier or if I'm just not as frustrated when they don't happen. Right. So for me, it's all about stepping into this sphere of excellence and then revisiting whatever it was that was Mm -hmm. giving me a hard time. And that helps build up some of that momentum again. And you have the energy to then go do the things that maybe aren't as exciting or as fun. Totally. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's like, that's the whole idea of ruts, how to pull yourself out of ruts. There are constant threats to productivity Mm -hmm. outside of just when you're in a rut. Let's go through a couple of those examples and how we're actively working against them. I think the number one and the most obvious, everyone's probably already thinking about it, is the whole phone social media issue. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a love-hate relationship. (laughs) I mean, I love social media, especially TikTok. Yeah. Um, But like the amount of time I spend on my phone, it actually makes me like feel a little sick. Um, so what are some things that we can do? I mean, I'm still working on this. I have the timers on my phone that lock me out of my apps after a certain amount of time. I usually just bypass it. It doesn't really (laughs) work that well, but that's a thing. Um, and another thing is not having your phone in bed with you. Right. So you can sleep better. So when you wake up, you're not thrown into it. And again, as I mentioned in my morning routine, I haven't mastered this yet. Um, but another interesting one that's really come up more during quarantine is this idea of a lot of our communication now is through our phone, it's texting, it's FaceTime, it's phone calls, instead of seeing people we usually see in person. Yeah. And that can actually become really tiring and draining Yeah. because we're not used to it. And we're assumed to be always available because it's 2020, it's not like we're going anywhere. <laughs> um, and so I think it's important to set expectations with friends and family on when you're able to chat and when you're not, and yeah. just because you can talk doesn't mean you have the energy to, right? right? So I think it's important to give yourself some slack for that because that can just become another thing that just makes things overwhelming. So a do and don't with setting expectations. I'm historically terrible um, with answering especially texts. I don't know why it just takes a lot out of me to respond to texts. Mm -hmm. I'd way rather just call. So I've always been bad at that. But what I've learned is like just being bad at it communicates the wrong message, right? If I just go without answering a text, people are saying, oh, like she isn't prioritizing me. She's too busy for me. She's whatever. Or is she okay? Yeah, true. Yeah. I have gotten that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, my poor parents. Um, But, and then I'm realizing, okay, it would be so much easier if up front I can say, hey, texts aren't really my thing. If you need me, call me, right? And even having that simple conversation where you're communicating and setting expectations with someone else just eliminates all of those stories that they're telling themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because really we don't exist to answer texts all day. No. Like we can't. We can't. We don't have time. We have things we're trying to do. Um, Glennon Doyle talks about this in her book, like she does not exist to respond to other people. That's very reactive, right? Like make it proactive. Maybe you set 20 minutes in your evening to respond to people's texts and then you don't think about it the rest of the day. Like you have to make it work for you. What a beautiful segue. 
Because the next thing that's helped me, honestly, is time managing. And like, I think I'm historically, I've been pretty bad at time management and I've just been very reactive and whatever pops up and is new and exciting. That's what I devote my energy to. And like, what an unsustainable way to live. Mm. Right. And so for me, it's all about time blocking. And I love the fact that you're even time blocking your evening and saying, okay, this is when I get back to my family. This is when they can expect phone calls from me. I think that's so great. And I do the same thing. Before 9 a.m., I'm not on Slack, or at least I try not to be. I'm not answering emails. That is my time to level set. Throughout the day, I time block my day. When am I doing outreach? When am I doing admin? When are my partner calls? So on and so forth. And then in the evenings, it's when is my workout? When am I speaking with my family? When am I doing grocery shopping or like miscellaneous activities? And I just feel like there's no excuse anymore right? Mm -hmm. Life isn't as busy as it used to be. And if we're not intentional, then the day just slips away. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a quote that my coach says to me a lot. If you're saying yes to things that you don't want to do, you're saying no to things that you do want to do every single time. So if you have a list of things you want to do in a day and you're not really being intentional about your time and you end up spending two hours on social media, you just said no to things that you actually do want to do. Yeah. So I think that's a good way of reframing it um, and being more strategic. Totally. But it's obviously not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. It's something I'm still working on too. And like there's only 24 hours in a day, right? And so you have two options. One, you can simplify what you're giving your time to. Or Two, you can try to outwork everyone and try to cram everything in and be this superhuman. And spoiler alert, that doesn't last. No, been there. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think I think one of the best topics to cover, especially in this D2C e-commerce kind of space, entrepreneurship, is this whole idea of burnout, right? It's inevitable if you're burning the candle at both ends. You just, you can't sustain that. No, no. This is a whole episode because burnout, I think especially within the entrepreneurship and tech space, like, is there anyone who hasn't been burnt out? (laughs) Which is so scary. It is scary. Okay, so let's actually, let's take it a step back just because I know we've got some young listeners. What is burnout? What does it feel like? How do you know you're burnt out? And then we can get into how to protect yourself from that. Okay, so burnout for me is just when I have no energy or desire to really do much of anything. Yeah. And I've been there. It starts with, oh, I'm just not feeling this one activity. And then you're like, oh, but the next one's really not that much better. And then for me, it's when I wake up and I'm like, I'm actually not excited to go to work today. Yeah. Which is a hard spot to be when like, you know, that was our social life too. And I think it is the idea of like when you're shooting way too high and what you're wanting to do is unattainable because like you said, you only have 24 hours in a day. You're setting the bar so high for yourself and then you're disappointing yourself and then that's demotivating. And then all of a sudden all you want to do is lay in bed. Yeah. So it's being realistic with your time, being intentional about your time and yeah, and understanding that you're a human. Yes, set the bar high for yourself, but don't set it so high that you're never going to reach it. You're just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. I think the best remedy for burnout is just catching it early. Early Mm -hmm. detection, if you will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The idea is like the minute you're starting to feel exhausted all day, every day, 
right? And the minute that a lot of things that used to bring you joy no longer bring you joy, those are some serious warning signs that burnout is fast approaching. And if you don't catch it early, we've seen people spiral into severe, severe health issues. We've seen people suffer with insomnia. We've seen people completely check out of their jobs and have to you know, quit or go on disability. Like this is a very serious topic. I think especially for women too, yeah. because not only is it in your career, but it's everywhere else in your life. Um, that these expectations are placed really high on us and we place really high expectations on ourselves to look a certain way, to Mm -hmm. eat a certain way, to achieve all these things. And yeah, I just want us all to be nicer to each other. And maybe we can end on another metaphor. I feel like I'm full of them today. But (laughs) I heard this recently and it really stuck with me and I've been trying to use this when I'm trying to prioritize my time. Um, Is... We all have balls we're juggling. The difference is that some are plastic and some are glass. And it's understanding which ones, if Hmm. you drop, they're going to be fine. And it's understanding ones that if you drop, it's not going to be okay. And prioritizing the glass balls. So for some people, maybe it's, you know, if you have a work deliverable and Mm -hmm. your kid's Christmas concert, you're probably going to choose the Christmas concert because it means more to your kid and the deliverable will get done. Whatever it is, but it's figuring out those things in your life that are the plastic balls and the glass balls. Oh, I love that. I love that. So I hope that you um, listening to this episode have kind of understood our journey when it comes to productivity and setting our own routines. And we hope that you found some um, good takeaways or some tips and tricks for how you can implement your own routines. Mm -hmm. And let us know, like I said, if you have any tips for the phone situation in bed or whatever, Um, let us know what's working for you. We'd love to hear about it. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.